0: Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at Loco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Tonight's episode is going to be doing something of a recap of some stuff that's been happening around world sports as well as some news about the NHL although probably not in the format that you're imagining I also wanted to give you a heads-up that next week we are going to have a special few-episode series where we are going to be interviewing and speaking with the wonderful hosts at Locked On Calgary Flames. These crossover episodes are going to allow us to explore the Flames' perspective and kind of see how both of our teams are feeling about this upcoming postseason run because this play-in round is fairly unique to the teams that are certainly on the outside of the playoff margins, and both Calgary and Winnipeg probably have more similarities than they do differences. You know, I've talked about the Jets in this series before, but I I think it's interesting to see how Calgary Flames fans feel about their odds against a team that, frankly, is in very similar straits. The Flames and the Jets don't exactly have an afterburner engaged, so. A best of five series between the two is probably going to be a little bit on the stranger side. Each day we'll kind of check in with a different aspect of that series, including, you know, how the teams are before they actually get underway, what new developments have taken place, all of that fun stuff. And then probably taking a look at uh, individual matchups and how the uh, lineup arrangements might actually take place, especially between the two teams as they try and play this weird game of chess. Again, those episodes will be available next week, so stay tuned, keep an eye out, and I hope you guys enjoy those wonderful crossover episodes. Checking in with the NHL tonight, I thought I would give you a brief update on what is happening with some of the NHL stuff. We're first going to talk about the NHL 21 video game, which is probably a weird place to think about starting. But because right now we're mostly in training camp and preseason mode, there's not a whole lot that's happening, even though we're about a week out from uh, like a fake preseason that's going to lead into the actual tournament. There have arguably been more developments with NHL 21, though, than there have been with the rest of the actual league itself. NHL 21 has been rumored to be, and well, actually is now confirmed to be, sticking with the current version of the game that exists on Xbox One and PS4, which I think for a lot of people, they have actually said that they're okay with that because the last time that the NHL franchise switched to a new uh, generation of consoles... NHL 15, I think it was, was something of a disaster. When NHL made the move from like PS3 and the Xbox 360 to Xbox One and the PS4, the the transition between consoles was less than fluid. Uh, The first iteration of this new version of the game was very bare bones. NHL 15 really only had a couple of competitive modes. Uh, The career mode was extremely thin, Um, team licenses were there, but there was a lot of stadium atmosphere that was missing, and really the game was just very bare bones there wasn't a whole lot of meat to it and people weren't really thrilled and i you know i understand why people would be fairly hesitant to see this team jump into a new generation of consoles especially when we're in a covid world now where everyone's working from home Uh, testing and development has probably been severely impacted, and we're not even getting the new generation of consoles until the end of the year, most likely. It hasn't even been confirmed whether or not the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever the new name is, are actually going to be making a launch window in the fall. I think it's At this point, only rumored to be holiday, and no one really knows what that means. In the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to hear and find out more just because we're starting to get to that point where Microsoft and Sony are going to be leaking more and more information and getting people hyped up for the holiday launch window. My personal take on the NHL franchise not really changing between the PS4 and Xbox One versions is that I'm honestly disappointed, but, you know, this is one of those situations where I don't think you can really avoid it. That said, I really feel like NHL at this point has long been overdue for quite a few changes, and I know that they probably were waiting for a next generation of consoles before they changed engines. But my take on this is that this series has needed an overhaul for several years now. You know, NHL 15, when it first came out, visually speaking, was definitely resplendent and a huge upgrade over the original nhl 12 13 and 14 games especially with the move to like whatever the engine that they use is i think it's called ea ignite my basic problem though with the nhl franchise is that it's always been very mediocre i feel like ever since they got away from the stuff that they did with nhl 13 and 14 the nhl franchise has been really stagnant yes everyone says that there's a lot more depth than there used to be they've added lots of customizations and you have a lot more control over the experience plus quite a few online modes But to be honest, a lot of that stuff is either really poorly implemented or it's very toxic. If you go online, for instance, you just find constant racist teams, really offensive names, and a a community that is not particularly, I would say, very good. NHL is already kind of a niche game, but I just feel like if you want to play online with your friends, you're just going to come across some really not great folks uh, playing the same game. You know, I play a lot of FIFA, and FIFA is toxic in its own way, right? I mean, the way that the game is designed makes you really not enjoy playing it. And I think that NHL doesn't exactly have the same design philosophy, but because there's so much less resources for the team to develop uh, that particular franchise in, the stuff on offer is just kind of... It, it's, it's fine and sufficient, but it's just not really high-end. And it's not like FIFA actually gets all of that much engagement either. When you look at how EA Sports have done their recent sports titles, I really feel like Madden is the only title that consistently does well. For one reason or another, EA have basically abandoned NHL and FIFA to their own devices, and FIFA is kind of nuts because it's like the most popular game in the world, especially since football is almost universal around the globe. You know, if you think about FIFA getting very little attention and refinement, then seeing NHL basically not getting much improvement at all, except for uh, year-to-year content tweaks and some mechanical changes, it's not really shocking. The NHL team just doesn't really have a whole lot of time or money to develop stuff, and so they've kind of been left to hang out to dry. I really feel like that's why, for me, the game is so stagnant, is because a lot of the changes are are mostly some small cosmetic stuff, and yes, I know that that does exist for FIFA too, but like FIFA you know, for better or worse, actually has had some major structural changes, and this year they moved to a different style of gameplay that honestly is really bad, but um, at least it was an overhaul and a change that was supposed to be more realistic. NHL has kind of gotten, you know, changes and tweaks here over the years. Certainly NHL 20 versus 15 is a totally different gameplay experience, but, you know, when you start digging into it, it seems a little too samey for me. I just feel like the NHL franchise really needs an overhaul, and it needs a massive injection of cash, and right now that's just not going to come from anywhere. Until we see a next-gen version of this franchise, we're stuck with the existing one, which is, it's it's functional, but it's just not that exciting, and I don't really feel very invested in buying it. EA needs to do something new with this franchise, because to be honest, I feel like NHL is kind of a dead game, and at this point, it's just not exciting enough. I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I really feel like EA don't give enough time and attention to this franchise, and NHL continues to be a standard of mediocrity. While the NHL games may fall below par, especially in the quality department, one area you'll never find a disappointment in is in RockAuto.com's auto parts selection and pricing. Whether you're looking for an engine control module, a new floor mat, or just about anything else, RockAuto.com has your back. Featuring an intuitive, easy to use website, RockAuto.com allows you to filter exactly by the price you want to pay and helps you find the exact parts you need based on your year, make, and model. Instead of trekking out to the Auto Parts retail brick and mortar stores, check out RockAuto.com's diverse, competitively priced selection online. You could save 20, 30, 40, even 50% off of retail brick and mortar shops. RockAuto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry, and whether you're a brand new DIYer or an experienced automotive mechanic working in a pro shop, the prices for both of you will always be the same. You don't even need a membership to use RockAuto.com's excellent site, and you can always be sure that you're getting the most competitive pricing available. If you place an order, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did We Do box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. As we approach the onset of the NHL season, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at what exactly has been going on in the training camps for the Jets. You know, there is a, quite a bit of information that's coming out right now, and most of it is pretty much stuff that you're likely expecting. The Jets are, are running through a different number of line combinations, and they're having some of the guys and young, younger rookies, as well as just some of the younger guns in general, kind of cycling in and out of spots. One thing that I think Paul Maurice has indicated is that he views this as a sprint rather than a marathon because of how short the entire playoff format is and the fact that uh, the game is just not going to be the same, especially because of how rusty guys are and, again, the pressure of the format change. I think it's genuinely hard to know exactly what's going to happen with this whole thing because, to be honest, uh, no one's ever really been through an experience like this in the modern era. I mean, the closest that we have to, like, a cancellation of a season would be an NHL shortened lockout. But like a resuming of play in an altered playoff format, I think is something that's an entirely new experience. And I'm not really sure how it's going to pan out next week. We're going to get, you know, get some preseason games that are going to be broadcast, I believe, on NBCSN. And uh, yeah, Winnipeg will actually get in on some of this exhibition action. Uh, The first couple of games are going to take place on July 28th, which is next Tuesday. And the first game will be uh, Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia, followed by Toronto and Montreal, and then finally Edmonton versus Calgary. On Wednesday, July 29th, Tampa Bay will take on the Panthers, Colorado will face Minnesota, Carolina will face Washington. And then St. Louis will take on Chicago. The Islanders will face their New York rivals in the Rangers. And finally, the Jets will close it out against the Vancouver Canucks. The following Thursday, we'll see Nashville versus Dallas, Boston versus Columbus, and Vegas versus Arizona. What you can kind of see with a lot of these matchups is that, uh, for the most part, the NHL try to do some rivalry stuff. Or teams that are, generally speaking, more regionally involved or maybe even in the same conference. It seems like they went out of their way to pick some of the most, you know, hated rivalries, especially Edmonton versus Calgary, Pittsburgh versus Philly, and then Colorado versus Minnesota. The rest of the games, generally speaking, are pretty, I mean, they're definitely rivalries to some respect, but they're not like dead-on extreme heat, uh, very passionate games. You know, if it was Nashville-Winnipeg, you'd probably see a bit more body action. But I think because of the nature of, of the fact that like right after there are the starts to the, uh, the play-in series, I think that the NHL is hoping that some of these games serve as like a nice tune-up for some of these teams who really haven't had a whole lot of reason to feel particularly excited or maybe energetic. So if you play an extremely hated rivalry right before you get into your play-in or, or round-robin series, maybe you'll feel a little bit of extra motivation. What is notable about some of these games is that they're going to be without some of the star players. Like Boston right now is currently without David Posternock, and I think the suspicion is that Posternock may have been either exposed to COVID around somebody or was infected himself. It's not exactly clear because uh, right now the NHL's policy is to keep it very quiet as to whether or not somebody tests positive. They will announce that a certain number of players have tested positive for COVID and might even indicate the team, but for the most part, they're keeping things pretty private. I think the whole thing that happened with Austin Matthews being outed by Steve Simmons uh, as one of the guys who tested positive probably made the NHL very uncomfortable. The Bruins were also without the services of recent trade acquisition Andre Kasha, and again that might be a similar situation to Posternak, but no one really knows because again all the NHL teams and especially injury reports are being kept very private. Interestingly, uh, the Penguins also had an absence, and that was uh, Sidney Crosby, who only recently started returning to skate. I forget if he was dealing with some injury prior to the quarantine break, but whatever it is, he seems to be getting back up to speed and hopefully will be playing, uh, especially during the playoff series when they resume next weekend. In other uplifting news, uh, Oscar Lindblom could actually return for the postseason picture for the Philadelphia Flyers and just inked a three-year contract extension. You know, I think everyone at this point is really rooting for him, and I-, I know that the, uh believe he had a form of cancer, and it's been a very long road for him, especially during his treatment and recovery, but, you know, he he's getting strength back. I think he's starting to skate again, and it seems like, you know, the team and, and him really want a reunion. The only thing that I do worry about, of course, is that, Uh, Naturally, he will be immunocompromised, but it seems like, at least from the team doctors and the staff that have been working with him through his treatments, that they think he'll be all right. Either way, I think that there is going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of weeks, and I think that we're going to see a lot of guys uh, kind of bouncing in and out of lineups because we're going to have some injuries that we compete with, uh, maybe some guys coming down with some sicknesses, and probably some potentially positive COVID tests. We have to hope that no one tests positive, but... I think by the nature of what is happening right now and with everyone traveling to and from different places and being out in the public, guys are going to come into contact with this virus more often than not. The NHL, I think, has had a pretty good plan as far as their COVID bubble is concerned for when the, uh, the actual playoff picture starts to take shape. But until then, we're still going to have to deal with the daily realities of being with a pandemic that doesn't really discriminate by age. Hopefully things get a little bit better, but, you know, it's going to be a tough road and we have a lot of work to do. If you're bored and kind of looking for some other sports to watch, I will recommend that you check out the uh, the J-League if you like football. Um, J-League is kind of an interesting soccer league in the sense that, as far as I've been able to catch and, and watch, I think it's streaming on DAZN. I usually catch up with the highlights and stuff, but J-League is a very fun league in the sense that the build-up play tends to be a little bit slower, a little bit looser, but, you know, increasingly methodical, especially as you get into the final third. And then once you get around the box area... Guys just start taking really long shots, or there's a lot of defensive breakdowns that lead to some really fun goals. In a lot of ways, J League is like a souped-up MLS, and I think that that makes it a very entertaining league, because MLS, even though a lot of people kind of, you know, sniff their nose at it, I think it's a fun league. It's a very entertaining, high-octane, high-offense, and relatively organized league, especially when you compare it to something like uh, some of the lower leagues of, of France and even some of the lesser English leagues. These are still professional football leagues, and there are some pretty talented players that have been able to go through those ranks and even move on to other teams around the world. What is interesting about J-League is that if you actually check out the highlights and look at the stands, you'll see that there are fans uh, in certain areas that are allowed to sit in the stands and cheer for the teams. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that we're going into the NHL with fanless stadiums and and really tightly controlled bubbles, and yet around the world in areas that were even closer to the original uh, COVID epicenter they already have fans returning to stands. It really says a lot about the uh, the state of things in North American sports and really North American society that we still aren't even anywhere close to that. That dourness aside, if you are a football fan by now, you've probably heard that Liverpool have officially been awarded the Premier League Championship title. In today's match against Chelsea, they, uh, you know, they didn't really have to play all that seriously, but they still won like 5-3 and, and certainly put on appearances for at least part of the game And once the title was confirmed, they had a nice little celebration. And the head manager, um, Jurgen Klopp, went up to the media and was talking about the fact that he wants all the fans to get ready for a celebration for when things are safe. But, you know, he was very careful to say, after COVID is over... Clope is a pretty smart, methodical guy. And in fact, he actually told one fan to kind of piss off when the fan reached out to him, especially in the early days of the pandemic, because he wanted to keep social distancing enforced. And, you know, he's like, you know, don't be an idiot. Make sure that you stay safe and and keep our guys safe, because ultimately we still got a a job to do. And, you you know, if Klop had any sort of infection or sickness, he certainly wouldn't want to pass that on and he continues to be seemingly pretty informed on the situation and careful about what he says. Obviously, you know, in the sports world plenty of folks are are going to have differing opinions on things like covid, but Klopp seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders and it seems like for the most part he's trying to keep his players safe and keep him, you know, his friends and family safe as well. I will say that as far as like managers and coaching, you know, goes across the entire world of sports really, Klopp is the kind of person that's almost impossible to hate. His speech was very uplifting, he was very excited, and I feel like uh, it's just one of those things that makes you feel good. If you want a truly great uh, like comeback story and something that will make you feel really, really happy and joyous about sports, I think you really got to check out the, I think it's the third tier of English football. Um, Wickham Wanderers actually just gained promotion, and one of the guys who really has defied all the odds and been a sensational story for Wickham is Adebayo Akinfenwa. And if you don't really know him, he's this really big lovable guy who is in some ways larger than life in the sense that he was this guy who had such a bizarre build as, as a forward for uh, really football. People constantly told him throughout his entire life that he was never going to amount to anything and that he wasn't going to be a professional footballer. And finally, He helped his team gain promotion to uh, the second tier of British football. And this just this lovable, big personality, you know, he had a really great speech talking about all of the struggles that he went through and how he was just so honored and blessed to be in this moment where he could contribute to this wonderful promotion and feel like, Again, that, you know, he was a useful contributor and that he got to be a part of something special. Be sure to check out his, like, speech that he gave to the media after Wickham got promoted because it was really funny, really uplifting, and it just brings a smile to your face. You know, he's a 38-year-old guy who looks like more, more like a defender than an actual striker. If he was an American, I think somebody would have tagged him to be like a pro NFLer on like a, an offense or a defensive line or something. In some ways, he kind of reminds me of how Bufflin had an extremely unusual build and people constantly said that Bufflin wasn't going to be or really amount to an NHLer and Bufflin never really stopped trying and pushing and working and became one of the most accomplished players uh, this league has ever seen, especially for the kind of player that he is. I always love these stories of these guys who are, are really unconventional players, you know, have these strange body types that you wouldn't really imagine them being successful in their roles, but they find a way to push on, and they ultimately accomplish something fantastic and really silence the uh, the naysayers. I will say that he was, one. Uh, it was really funny because he said, managers hit me up on WhatsApp, and I think he actually wanted Jurgen Klopp to call him too. You know, he's joking and being jovial, but really I think it just speaks to the spirit that he never stops thinking about what he wanted to accomplish and what he really dreamed about and the fact that he was able to finally realize that dream and now he's helped the team get promoted to another, an even higher tier of football. In a year of defeat after defeat, especially morally and and physically, I I think this is a year where stories like Akinfenwa are just so joyous and so happy. We're going to close there, but if you guys have any uplifting sports stories that you think I should highlight on the next episode, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and I'll talk and try and feature them here on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out our Locked On National Podcast hosted by Sarah Avampato. Thank you so much, have a great night, and go Jets go!